Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and today I got a little bit of a philosophy lesson for you. This is going to be a philosophy podcast today, all right? Because I'm currently rereading this book called The Shortness of Life by Seneca. And Seneca was a, he was an Italian philosopher, statesman, and dramatist who lived from 4 BC to about 65 AD, okay? Now, just in case you don't know, a statesman is another word for like a politician, okay? And a dramatist is like a playwright who writes dramas, okay? So he wrote philosophy, um, he was involved in politics, but also the arts, like drama and plays and things of that nature, all right? Now, I was recommended this book by a guy named Eric Kim. He's uh, one of my favorite street photographers who is also very interested in philosophy. So he was the reason that I first picked up this book. And it's actually a very short book, maybe not even 50 pages, you know what I'm saying? And the passages are maybe one to two pages at the most. But I think even though the book is quite short and the passages are quite short, the messages uh, clearly last lifetimes because I'm reading this book in 2019, but the book was written or put together thousands of years ago. So uh, that's why I wanted to share it with you today because it really changed my mindset when it comes to the way I value time and the way I want to spend my life, you know, because I think all of us have ideas about what we want to do with our lives or who we want to be. But at least me personally, I never really took the time to stop and consider how I was using my time in order to create that life that I wanted to live, you know? I think time is the one resource that we all have 
but none of us know how much we have. The only thing we know is that it's a finite amount. You know what I'm saying? So it's very important to stop and consider how you're spending your time, right? So enough yibbity yap. You know what I'm saying? Let's get straight into it. Now, again, the, the name of the book is The Shortness of Life, okay? Which basically means, well, you know what that means. I don't need to explain that to you. But the way this podcast is going to, to happen is I picked three passages, actually the first three passages from the book, um, and I'm going to read them to you, explain some vocabulary, and then explain what I understood, and then hopefully find a way to pass that message to you so that you can use it in your life and or your English learning journey, all right? Um, I chose three just because I'm not sure how long this is going to take, so this is more like a test. You know, the Life in English podcast is still young. This is episode 11, if I'm not mistaken, so st I'm still experimenting here, all right? And there will probably be a part two to this podcast because, you know, there's so much or so many uh, valuable messages in this book that I'd like to share with you. But today, three passages, three messages. Uh, so let's get started. Now for passage one, what I'm going to do is read or explain some vocabulary that might be unfamiliar to you or difficult to understand, because you, you need to understand this book was written so long ago and probably in another language. And then it was translated into English, but older English. So even for me, sometimes I'm reading this book and it just doesn't sound natural to me because I speak like modern day English. So even for me, it's hard to understand sometimes. So don't feel bad. Don't feel discouraged if you don't understand the message as I read it. Okay. So I'm going to give you the most difficult or the least common vocabulary, explain that to you. And then I'll read the passage and then I'll tell you what I understood. All right. Let's get started. So the vocabulary from passage one, spitefulness. Okay, you're going to hear these words in the passage. Number one is spitefulness. And spitefulness is basically showing malice or something that is caused by malice or evil. Okay, spitefulness is basically, think of it as a synonym for evil. Okay, another word you're going to hear is span. Okay, this word is commonly used in relation to time, like lifespan, for example, which means the full extent of something from end to end, the amount of space that something covers. So your lifespan is the amount of time that you are alive from beginning to end. All right. The next word is merely. And merely is just a synonym for just or only or simply. Okay, merely means simply, just, or only. The same thing. Okay, the next word on the list is heard. H-E-R-D. Not heard like the past tense of hear, but heard like a large group of animals. Okay, like a herd of sheep or a herd of cows or something like that. A herd of livestock. Okay, the next word on the list is ill. I-L-L, ill. And this is basically, this word basically means sick, okay? So in this passage, you're going to hear the word ill, and he's talking about a sickness, okay? The next word on the list is fourth, 
not like the number, first, second, third, fourth, but fourth in terms of direction, like forward, okay? Out from a starting point and forward or into view. So come forth means come forward, all right? The next word on the list is expostulate. Expostulate, all right? And that means to express strong disapproval or disagreement. The next word on the list is indictment. And indictment is a thing that serves to illustrate that a system or a situation is bad and deserves to be condemned. Okay? The next word on the list is unbecoming. Unbecoming. And that's basically what it means is not flattering or not pleasing. Okay? Not complimenting. And flattering, again, is like complimenting. Okay, so if the dress that the woman is wearing is flattering, it means that it compliments her in a positive way, compliments her body or her figure or something like that. All right, that's flattering in this context. Now, the next word on the list is squandered. Squandered. And all that means is wasted. So to squander something is to recklessly or foolishly or stupidly waste something to squander, all right? Now, the next word is wealth. Now, this is kind of like a, synon a synonym for riches, okay? Depending on who you ask, there's a difference between riches and wealth, but we'll save that for a different podcast, okay? So just know that wealth is related to riches, prosperity, lots of money, okay? The next word on the list is scattered, and that means occurring or found at intervals or various locations rather than all together. So in other words, scattered means all over the place randomly instead of concentrated in one place. All right. The next word on the list is entrusted. And basically to entrust means to put trust in something or someone. Okay. To put something in someone in someone's care or protection, you trust them with something, okay? And the last word on the list from passage one is guardian. And a guardian is basically a defender, a protector, or a keeper, someone that guards, essentially, all right? So now, we finally got all that vocabulary out the way, so let's get into the passage and let's see what you think, all right? Here we go. The majority of mortals complain bitterly of the spitefulness of nature, because we are born for a brief span of life, because even this space that has been granted to us rushes by so speedily and so swiftly that all but a very few find life at an end just when they are getting ready to live. Nor is it merely the common herd and the unthinking crowd that bemoan what is, as men deem it, a universal ill. The same feeling has called forth complaint also from men who were famous. It was this that made the greatest physicians exclaim that life is short. Art is long. It was this that led Aristotle, while expostulating with nature, to enter an indictment most unbecoming to a wise man. That, in point of age, she has shown such favor to animals that they drag out five or ten lifetimes, but that a much shorter limit is fixed for man, though he is born for so many and such great achievements. 
It is not that we have a short space of time, but that we waste much of it. Life is long enough, and it has been given in sufficiently generous measure to allow the accomplishment of the very greatest things if the whole of it is well invested. But when it is squandered in luxury and carelessness, when it is devoted to no good end, forced at last by the ultimate necessity we perceive that it has passed away before we were aware that it was passing. So it is. The life we receive is not short, but we make it so. Nor do we have any lack of it, but we are wasteful of it. Just as great and princely wealth is scattered in a moment when it comes into the hands of a bad owner, while wealth, however limited, if it is entrusted to a good guardian, increases by use. So our life is amply long for him who orders it properly. All right. So what'd you think? I know that was maybe a little difficult to understand. And I'm not the best reader either, honestly. So don't feel bad if it was difficult to understand. But I do recommend that you go back, listen to all the vocabulary that I gave you, and then listen to the passage again and see what you think, you know. I think this passage was interesting, especially as the first passage of the book, because a lot of us complain about that, you know, that life is short, that we don't have enough time in the day, that, you know, basically that, that we we wish we had more time to do the things that we want to do. But I don't know about you, but before I read this book, before I really stopped to consider my time, I never really took the time <laughs> to sit and consider what am I doing every day? Like, you know, one practice that I learned not too long ago is to sit down at the end of every day and write down everything that you did in as much detail as possible and then consider how much time you spent doing each one of those things, you know? Very quickly, it becomes very clear, you know, what you spend the majority of your time doing. And then it's it's more or less easy to decide, is this something that's making my life better or worse? Am I using this time well or poorly, you know? So I agree with Seneca. I think, for, and it's, it's, you know, it's subjective because some people die at 10 or 15 or 25. So in that case, you might say life is short depending on how you look at it, right? Because it's not like you can't accomplish things in 25 years. But what I'm trying to say is some people do live longer than others. So you can't compare apples to oranges when you talk about the lengths of people's lives. But I think the point is deeper than that. I think the point is no matter how long your life is, you need to really consider how you want to spend it. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to spend it studying you want to spend it watching Netflix, you want to spend it traveling, you want to spend it teaching, you want to spend it doing what exactly, you know? Because once you know how you want to spend your time, then you can take action on spending your time that way. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple once you stop and think about it, right? But a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't. A lot of us are on autopilot for the majority of our lives, just sort of going wherever the wind takes us, sort of, you know, living life or existing in life as an observer and not, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? 
It's like you're watching the movie instead of acting in it. You're watching your own life story unfold instead of taking action and writing it yourself. You know what I'm saying? I know that probably sounds cliche, but it's true. I think it's true for a lot of us. So before you start complaining about how you don't have enough time to do things, ask yourself, what are you spending your time on? Because all of us have 24 hours in a day, you know, and it is subjective. Like I said, some of us come from, you know, more or less developed countries. Some of us come from countries where uh, there maybe aren't as many opportunities as in other places. You know, there's an excuse for everything, an excuse for everything. There's always an excuse not to be successful. There's always an excuse not to do what you're supposed to do. But still, all of us have 24 hours. So what you do have control over is how you spend those 24 hours, right? And that's what I took from this passage. So you take what you want from my words and Seneca's, right? Anyway, let's move on to passage number two. Now, Again, before I read the passage, I want to... Uh, give you some vocabulary that I think might be challenging for you or simply is less common and you won't hear every day, all right? So, number one on the list is possessed. Possessed. Now, in this context, when you're talking about a possessed person, it basically means that they're completely controlled by an evil spirit. But it can, I mean, that's, I think, the most extreme definition. But if you're possessed, uh, how can I say it? Possessed also means just controlled. We'll leave it at that. Possessed in this context is like controlled, but it's not a positive thing, okay? So the next word on the list is avarice. And and avarice is an extreme greed for wealth or material gain. That's an avarice, okay? The next word on the list is insatiable. Insatiable. Okay, And what that means is it's like an appetite that's impossible to satisfy or a desire that's impossible to satisfy. Okay. Next word on the list is toilsome. Toilsome. And what that means is it's very difficult or tedious. Okay, so toilsome work is very tedious work, hard to do. Um, not pleasant in any way, very toilsome, all right? Now, the next word on the list is devotion, devotion. And what that means is love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause, okay? If you are a devoted person or if you're devoted to a cause, it means you're very, how can I say this? You love it a lot. You're loyal to it and very enthusiastic about it, okay? Very dedicated to that, okay? All right, the next word on the list is besotted. So, I mean, you probably never hear this word ever unless reading old philosophy or old literature. Besotted means strongly infatuated, you know? Um, Something like obsessed with, besotted with wine, for example, means infatuated or in love with wine. You just can't stop drinking wine, okay? All right, the next word on the list is sloth. Now, when I hear sloth, I think of the animal, 
that moves very, very slow, lives in the, the jungle, I believe. Um, but in this case, talking about people, it's like a reluctance to work or make an effort, which basically means lazy. Okay, so if this person is a sloth, they're lazy. Okay, the next word on the list is greed. Okay, and greed is an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. Okay, now the that's the noun. The adjective is greedy. Okay, so a person who has lots of greed in their heart is a greedy person. All right, cool. So the next word on the list is tormented. Tormented, and that means experiencing or characterized by severe physical or mental suffering. Tormented. All right. Now, the next word on the list is inflicting. Inflicting. And to inflict means to cause, to cause someone to suffer uh, in a particular way. Like if I inflict pain, it means I'm causing you to feel pain. All right. Next word is thankless. Thankless. Okay, you, we normally use this word when we're talking about a job or a task. Like thankless work is difficult or unpleasant work and not likely to bring you pleasure or the appreciation of others. Okay, so thankful is full of thanks. Thankless means without thanks. You understand? That's thankless. Okay, the next word on the list is shifting. Shifting. And to shift means to change, especially in an unpredictable way. Okay? All right, the next word is plunged. Okay, to plunge means to jump or dive quickly and energetically. For example, I can plunge my hand into the bucket, which means I energetically or I forcefully push my hand into the bucket very you know with lots of force to plunge okay and the last word on the list is fickleness fickleness and basically that means uh, you're not very loyal okay so if i'm fickle it means i'm constantly changing but not in a positive way like today I'm loyal to this cause. Tomorrow, I'm loyal to that cause. Today, I believe this, and tomorrow, I believe that. I'm constantly changing, but in a negative way, okay? Cool. So, let's start on passage number two. Here we go. Why do we complain of nature? She has shown herself kindly. Life, if you know how to use it, is long. But one man is possessed by an avarice that is insatiable, another by a toilsome devotion to tasks that are useless. One man is besotted with wine, another is paralyzed by sloth. One man is exhausted by an ambition that always hangs upon the decision of others. Another, driven on by the greed of the traitor, is led over all lands and all seas by the hope of gain. Some are tormented by a passion for war and are always either bent upon inflicting danger upon others or concerned about their own. Some there are who are worn out by voluntary servitude in a thankless attendance upon the great. Many are kept busy either in the pursuit of other men's fortune 
or in complaining of their own. Many, following no fixed aim, shifting and inconstant and dissatisfied, are plunged by their fickleness into plans that are ever new. Some have no fixed principle by which to direct their course, but fate takes them unaware while they loll and yawn. So surely does it happen that I cannot doubt the truth of that utterance which the greatest of poets delivered with all the seeming of an oracle. The part of life we really live is small. For the rest of existence is not life, but merely time. Vices beset us and surround us on every side, and they do not permit us to rise anew and lift up our eyes for the discernment of truth, but they keep us down when once they have overwhelmed us and we are chained to lust. Their victims are never allowed to return to their true selves. If ever they chance to find some release, like the waters of the deep sea which continue to heave even after the storm is passed, they are tossed about, and no rest from their lust abides. Think you that I am speaking of the wretches whose evil are admitted? Look at those whose prosperity men flock to behold. They are smothered by their blessings. To how many are riches a burden? From how many do eloquence and the daily straining to display their powers draw forth blood? How many are pale from constant pleasures? To how many does the throng of clients that crowd about them leave no freedom? In short, run through the list of all these men from the lowest to the highest. This man desires an advocate. This one answers the call. That one is on trial. That one defends him. That one gives sentence. No one asserts his claim to himself. Everyone is wasted for the sake of another. Ask about the men whose names are known by heart, and you will see that these are the marks that distinguish them. A cultivates B, and B cultivates C. No one is his own master. And then certain men show the most senseless indignation. They complain of the insolence of their superiors because they were too busy to see them when they wished an audience. But can anyone have the hardihood to complain of the pride of another when he himself has no time to attend to himself? After all, no matter who you are, the great man does sometimes look toward you even if his face is insolent. He does sometimes condescend to listen to your words. He permits you to appear at his side. But you never deign to look upon yourself, to give ear to yourself. There is no reason, therefore, to count anyone in debt for such services, seeing that when you performed them, you had no wish for another's company, but you could not endure your own. <sighs> that was difficult even for me, bro. I read that sometimes, and just the way the, the language is written is difficult to read, comprehend, uh, and difficult to read out loud to you. Like I had to re-record that passage at least five times just because the punctuation, the way the sentences are formed is just difficult. So again, don't feel bad if that was difficult to understand, all right? Because even for me, this shit is difficult sometimes. But really, what I took from that passage is, you know, a lot of us complain 
again, that life is short, but a lot of us don't take the time to really take control of our lives. You know, a lot of us are living for other people. And that's what I took from that. And you might think that living for someone else, like your your parents or your children or your friends or, you know, your community, you might think that's something noble. You might think that's a great thing to do, you know, to give yourself. But at the same time, you can't give yourself or your time, which is you, your life, you can't give that away freely or generously and then complain that you have no time, you know? You can't devote your time, or in other words, your life, to other people and expect to see any real growth. You know what I'm saying? And I'm what I'm what I'm saying is, or what I'm not saying, is that you shouldn't spend time with other people or, you know, dedicate yourself to causes or or helping other people and things like that. But what I'm saying is you need to remember to take time to be with yourself. And only yourself. It's extremely important, you know, to get to know yourself, to keep yourself company. And I know that maybe sounds cliche or corny or very simple, but it's actually not an easy thing to do sometimes, especially if for the majority of your life you've always been around other people or especially if you have a more extroverted personality. It can be difficult to just sit down and be by yourself. I think a lot of people are constantly looking for friends or constantly looking for interaction with other people because they have such a hard time being by themselves. Because they have such a hard time, you know, dealing with the thoughts that pass through their heads when they're by themselves. They don't enjoy their own company, you know. They're not their own friend. You feel me? And that's just my opinion and also my personal experience, you know. For a long time, I would seek the company of other people just because I felt so alone that I couldn't deal with it. And at some point in my life, I just realized you got to it's a necessity to spend time alone. You have to do that if you ever expect to truly know yourself and get better because you can't get better if you don't know what's wrong. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling. But I'm philosophizing, right? Shit, I'm, I'm over here philosophizing. God damn it. But that's what I took from the passage is uh, don't forget, like spending time with other people is great. I mean, human beings, in a way, we're meant to connect with other human beings. But just be careful about how you choose to spend your time, with whom you choose to spend your time, you know, or with who. I don't know who you spend your time with. Shit, you know what I mean? Just be careful about that. Pay attention to it because, like I said, bro, we don't know how much time we have here in this life. But what we do know is it's a finite amount of time, meaning it's limited. We know there's an end to it. It's not infinite, you know? So I would say just stop and consider that. Even if it's, you know, once a week, just once a week, take five or 10 minutes, 20 minutes and consider how have I been spending my time? Who have I been spending my time with? Are those actions and those people helping me move in the right direction or not? And if the answer is no, then you have to make an even more difficult decision and cut that shit out of your life. Because life is short. 
Life is short. I know that Seneca says it's long enough, and depending on how you look at it, that's true. But life is too short, or it's not long enough. You can say it however you want. Life isn't long enough to be wasting it on people that don't fulfill you in some sort of way, okay? It's much better to be, in my opinion, it's much better to be alone than in bad with bad company. You know what I'm saying? So that's basically, you know, after 10 minutes of trying to explain, that's basically what I took from that passage. So let's get on to passage number three, shall we? All right. Let me pull up uh, the vocabulary here. All right, cool. So vocabulary for passage number three. Number one, adequately. Okay. Adequately. And what that means is to a satisfactory or acceptable extent. Okay. If something is adequate, then it is satisfactory or acceptable. All right. The next word is close fisted. Okay. Now, what I want you to imagine is like, actually, what I want you to do is take your hand and close it all the way. Like you're about to punch somebody. We call that a fist when your hand is closed all the way as if you're about to hit something. It goes from being your hand to your fist. Okay, so if you're closed fisted, it means that your hand is closed. And, you know, metaphorically, I guess you could say what we mean when we say closed fisted is uh, not willing to give something, right? Because to give something, you have to open your hand and give it to the person. You can't give what's in your hand if your hand is closed. I'm sure you understand. That's closed-fisted, all right? Now, the next word is prodigal. Prodigal, okay? And what that means is spending money or resources freely and recklessly or wastefully or extravagantly, you know? Just foolishly wasting money. That's being prodigal, okay? It's the opposite of prudent. All right, cool. So the next word on the list is reckoning, okay? To reckon is the action or process of calculating or estimating something. So if I say, I reckon it's going to cost us $20, it means I, I'm estimating or my calculation is it's going to cost us $20, okay? Next word on the list is money lender, okay? Now to lend is basically the opposite of borrow. So if you borrow money from me, I, at the same time, am lending money to you, okay? So the money lender is somebody who lends money. All right, the next word on the list is mistress, okay? Now, there are multiple definitions for this word, but in this context, and the most common way that we use this word, at least in the United States, is a woman having an extramarital sexual relationship, especially with a married man. So if I'm a married man and I have a wife, but I'm also, you know, I'm cheating on my wife with another woman, that woman is my mistress. Okay? Cool. Now the next word on the list is patron. And a patron is a person who gives financial or some other kind of support to a person, an organization, a cause, or an activity. So if I'm a, 
a a faithful patron to I don't know Pizza Hut. That means I'm a faithful customer. I'm constantly supporting this business. You see? All right. The next word is wrangling. Wrangling. And what wrangling means is uh, engaging in a long, complicated dispute or argument. There are other definitions for this word, but in this context, that's what it means. Okay? To argue, to go back and forth with someone. All right? The next word you're going to hear is lane. Okay? Now, lane is the past participle of lie. I don't mean lie like tell an untruth. I mean lie like lie down. Okay? So, if something is lane, it means it has been <laughs> it has been lane down. Come on, tone. What it means is yeah, I mean you get the idea, man. If you lie something down, the past participle it has been lane down. Some people say laid down. Okay? But lane I think is like older English. All right? Cool. The next word on the list is idle. Okay? Idle means avoiding work or lazy in this context, but it also means like motionless or actionless, just doing nothing is to be idle. All right? The next word is disposal. And to dispose is the action or process of throwing away or getting rid of something. Okay? Now, when somebody says something is at your disposal, it basically means you have the choice or you choose what to do with it. Okay? It's like you you have the choice to throw it away or make use of it. It is at your disposal. You can dispose of it if you choose. All right? The next word is war. Now, war, not W-A-R, like fight in a war. W-O-R-E, war. And that's simply the past tense of wear. So if I wear this shirt today, tomorrow I can say I wore that shirt yesterday. Let me say that again. I wore this shirt yesterday. I am wearing it today. All right? That sounds better. All right. The next word on the list is unperturbed. Unperturbed, which is the opposite of perturbed. And Perturbed means to feel anxiety or concern, to be unsettled or uncomfortable or disturbed. So if I'm unperturbed, it means I'm not disturbed. I'm not bothered. All right. The next word on the list is sorrow. And sorrow is a feeling of deep distress caused by a loss, a disappointment or some other misfortune suffered by you or someone else. So if I feel sorrow, it's because it's basically saying I feel sad because I've lost something or someone. Normally, people feel sorrow when a loved one dies, for example. All right. The next word on the list is foolish. Foolish. And this adjective means lacking good sense or judgment. Okay. So foolish is the opposite of wise. So you can be a wise person or a foolish person, all right? And we already talked about greedy, right? It's the adjective for someone who has greed in their hearts. You know, you show an intense and selfish desire for something. Uh, typically, we're talking about money or power or something like that. You're greedy, 
Okay, and the next word on the list is allurements. Allurements. And allurements is, it's basically, an allurement is the power to entice or attract through personal charm. So if I am alluring, it means uh, I'm good at attracting. Okay, if that if that car over there is alluring, it's very attractive. It's enticing me. So an allurement is something that is attractive. Basically, that's the definition. Okay. Now the next word on the list is frailty. Frailty, and what that means is uh, the condition of being weak or delicate. Actually, that's frail. Okay. Frail is to be weak or delicate. So frailty is how weak or delicate you are. You see? The next word is squander. Okay, now we talked about this before. To squander is to waste foolishly or recklessly. And normally people talk about money or opportunities or time when they use this word. Like you're squandering all your money or squandering your life. You're just foolishly wasting it, all right? Now, the next one on the list is actually a phrase, okay? Who will suffer your course? Who will suffer your course? Now, suffer in this context basically means to tolerate, not necessarily to feel pain or be miserable, but it means who will tolerate, who will suffer, okay? The next word on the list is remnant, remnant. And a remnant is a small remaining quantity of something. So the remnants of, man, give me an example, Tom. The remnants of the cake. That's a bad example, but the remnants of the cake are the remaining pieces of the cake after everybody ate some cake. The remnants are the remaining pieces, okay? And uh, we talked, I think we talked about devotion, or being devoted, which basically means to be very loving and or loyal, to be devoted. The next word on the list is cease. So to cease is to bring something to an end or to come to an end, right? Like if I cease to live, it means I stop living. So to cease basically means to stop or to end, all right? The next word on the list is postpone. And to postpone is to cause or arrange for something to take place at a time later than first scheduled. So to postpone basically means to reschedule. To reschedule something to happen later in the future. Okay? To postpone. The next word is wholesome. And wholesome basically means conducive to or suggestive of good health and physical well-being. That's wholesome, okay? Uh, the last word on the list is attain, okay? To attain is to succeed in achieving something that you desire or that you work for. So to attain something basically means to achieve something, all right? I know that was a lot of vocabulary, but again, this is a podcast, so you can listen to this as many times as you need to. But now let's get into the third and final passage of the day. All right. Though all the brilliant intellects of the ages were to concentrate upon this one theme, never could they adequately express their wonder at this dense darkness of the human mind. 
Men do not suffer anyone to seize their estates, and they rush to stones and arms if there is even the slightest dispute about the limit of their lands. Yet they allow others to trespass upon their life. No, they themselves even lead in those who will eventually possess it. No one is to be found who is willing to distribute his money, yet among how many does each one of us distribute his life? In guarding their fortune, men are often close-fisted. Yet, when it comes to the matter of wasting time, in the case of the one thing in which it is right to be miserly, they show themselves most prodigal. And so I should like to lay hold upon someone from the company of older men and say, I see that you have reached the farthest limit of human life. You are pressing hard upon your hundredth year, or are even beyond it. Come now, recall your life and make a reckoning. Consider how much of your time was taken up with a moneylender, how much with a mistress, how much with a patron, how much with a client, how much in wrangling with your wife, how much in punishing your slaves, how much in rushing about the city on social duties. Add the diseases which we have caused by our own acts. Add, too, the time that has lain idle and unused. You will see that you have fewer years to your credit than you count. Look back in memory and consider when you have ever had a fixed plan. How few days have passed as you had intended. When you were ever at your own disposal when your face ever wore its natural expression, when your mind was ever unperturbed, what work you have achieved in so long a life, how many have robbed you of life when you were not aware of what you were losing, how much was taken up in useless sorrow, in foolish joy, in greedy desire, in the allurements of society, how little of yourself was left to you, you will perceive that you are dying before your season. What then is the reason of this? You live as if you were destined to live forever. No thought of your frailty ever enters your head. Of how much time has already gone by, you take no heed. You squander time as if you drew from a full and abundant supply. Though all the while, that day which you bestow on some person or thing is perhaps your last. You have all the fears of mortals and all the desires of immortals. You will hear many men saying, After my fiftieth year, I shall retire into leisure. My sixtieth year shall release me from public duties. And what guarantee, pray, have you that your life will last longer? Who will suffer your course to be just as you plan it? Are you not ashamed? to reserve for yourself only the remnant of life and to set apart for wisdom only that time which cannot be devoted to business? How late is it to begin to live just when we must cease to live? What foolish forgetfulness of mortality to postpone wholesome plans to the 50th and 60th year and to intend to begin life at a point which few have attained? So what'd you think? I know I probably didn't read that in the best way. I told you it's kind of difficult for your boy. But hopefully it made some sort of sense to you, man. What I took from that passage was basically 
you're too generous with your time. Again, it's it's very this the message from passage three and passage two and really the entire book is you're too generous with your time and you really need to take a moment to consider that. You know, stop and think about how much time you spend on the phone arguing with your girlfriend or how much time you spend watching Netflix or how much time you spend uh I don't know, on the internet looking at random useless shit. You know? I'm I'm not trying to sound like uh you know, a saint or some shit like that, because I do it too. Just the other day, I was up until like four in the morning watching bullshit videos on YouTube, bro. So, I mean, I'm not telling you all this, you know, as if I'm sitting up in some high superior place. I'm telling you all this because I'm, I want you to learn with me and I want to learn with you. That's the point of this podcast is to basically share information, you know? to educate and motivate. That's my life mission right now. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't say right now. That's my life mission. To educate and motivate, bro. That's the point of life in English. That's the point of all this shit that I'm doing. Is to educate and motivate, bro. So, anyway, what I'm trying to say is just seriously, man, once a day, once a week, whatever. Take some time and consider how are you spending your time? Who are you giving your time to? What are you giving your time to? Because it's a real bitch and a half to, you know, look back on your life and realize you wasted it. Who wants that, you know? I don't know anybody that wants that. I'm sure you don't. So, shit, hopefully after you listen to this podcast, you will take a moment and think, like, what have I been doing with my life? You know? I remember when I turned... 23 23 it was it was around a time or it was the it was this time in my life was coming to an end this this time where i was i was really chaotic and i had no plans no vision no sense of purpose no values no no nothing you know what i'm saying and was just sort of floating through life going wherever life chose to take me and that is no way to live, you know? And for a number of reasons, I woke up to that fact. And I had to. I had to sit down and consider what was I doing from age, like, 20 to 23? Because I dropped out of school at age 20. And I dropped out of school because I felt like university was a waste of time, ironically. I just I didn't want to be there. I didn't know... Uh, what my purpose was there I only was going because I felt like I had to you know at 18 years old in my mind my only options were university the military or McDonald's so I chose university because you know I could be a student and that would be my only responsibility so it was just the, the easiest option for me but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life I just didn't know what I wanted to do instead of that you feel me so it took a long time to figure that out, and I'm still figuring it out, but today I have a much better vision and idea of what it is I want to do. But anyway, I dropped out at 20, and I felt like I was making the right decision, right? Because my dad was paying for, for my for my tuition. He was paying for my rent in the apartment I was staying in in San Diego, one of the most expensive places in the country to live. So I felt like I'm going to stop wasting his money. I'm going to stop wasting my time. 
and I'm going to get on with my life. But the problem is I didn't have a plan for the future. I didn't have any idea of what I was going to do next. I just knew what I wasn't going to do anymore, you know. So I spent the next three years just getting into bullshit, wasting my time uh, on all types of things, drugs, people, uh, wasting time doing nothing. And three years later, when I when I finally stopped running from myself and looked back on those three years that I spent basically just wasting time, it's fucking painful, man, to to stop and realize like vital years of my life. You know, I, I feel like age 15 to maybe 25 are some vital fucking years in your life, bro. When it, when you, in terms of who you're going to be as an adult, a real adult, you know, I, th- I feel like those are some vital years and I wasted yeah, even more vital, 18 to 21, I think. And I feel like I just wasted them. Straight up wasted them. And then I sit and think about where I could be and who I could be if uh, I hadn't wasted that time. And every time I think about it, it hurts in some strange way. I feel disappointment and regret. And if me in some way telling you this on this podcast can keep you from doing the same thing or maybe at least inspire you to look back on your life and stop wasting time doing the bullshit that you might be doing, then that's a victory in my eyes. You feel me? So anyway, after those three years and reflecting, uh, it took me another year to start moving in the right direction because it's not enough to realize that you've been wasting time. And Seneca talks about that in the book too, which is probably why, which is probably why I'll do a part two to this podcast. He talks about that idea too. It's not just enough to realize that you have been wasting time, because a lot of people do that. Like you, you realize your mistakes, but then you keep making the same mistakes. So what the fuck was the point, right? You have to then take action to move in a different direction. So it took me a year. You know, this is now 2019, a year later, I'm recording this now, that I'm finally moving in a different direction, a better direction, you know? So now, with a different mindset, looking back on my past, I'm thankful for those three years, those 23 years, shit, of mistakes and ups and downs and and brick walls and idle time and just foolishness, you know? I can only be thankful for it that I learned so many vital lessons early in life, relatively early, because, you know, I'm 24, which most people will tell you isn't old, but still, it's not young either. It's, It's not relatively young in my eyes. So I'm glad I learned that lesson earlier in life and not at 33 or 43. You imagine being 45, waking up and finally realizing you've been wasting your time? That's some bullshit if you ask me. So, you know, I don't want that for me. And, you know, you listening, I hope you don't want that for yourself because I don't want that for you. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, man, I'm not trying to, I'm not, you know, I feel like this podcast and maybe the one about independence, I've been on my soapbox a little bit. And that's not my intention here. I'm just trying to educate and motivate. You feel me? I got you. You know what I'm saying? That's what this is about. Excuse me while I take a sip of this water.
Let me see. 55 minutes, man. I think uh, that's a good place to cut it. Okay, I really, I genuinely hope if you've made it to the end of this podcast, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a soldier, sticking with me through 55 minutes of uh, philosophy and rambling, you know. I genuinely hope that you took something from these passages and maybe from the little personal anecdotes that I gave too. And uh, if you did, man, feel free to leave comments on the website, lifeinenglish.net slash show 11. Um, If you're listening to this on YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section. Send me an email at englishwithkaizen.gmail, not dot gmail, shit, at englishwithkaizen.gmail at gmail.com and tell me what you thought about the podcast, about what was said, you know, maybe your own personal stories and anecdotes. I'd love to hear from you. All right. But that's it for now. Like I said, there's probably going to be a part two. I'm not sure yet. So be on the lookout for the next episode. But um, yeah, I'm going to sign off now. I'm going to go watch UFC, watch some people punch some other people in the face because That's fun for me. But this has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.